welcome to another episode of what is now your favorite podcast, El Patio. For today's guest, I have a college friend joining me and her name is Via Abreu. She is someone who I've been wanting to have on for a little bit because she's just such an authentic human being and someone that we can learn a lot from and would love to give you the platform via and tell us who you are, what you do, and what drives you. Hi, well, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. Um, via, some call me Rubia. Um, who I am, well, I am a Dominican-American girl from Jersey. We love. Um, what I do is I am an HR professional and a content creator. So you can, if you know me on TikTok or Instagram, I'm a lifestyle content creator. So I create content around career, health, self-care. I quote, I call myself the queen of self-care. And, and so a little bit of both of dabbling between lifestyle and career and also the career stuff for my life, being a coach and people person. We love, yeah. we love. So a little bit of everything, which we're definitely going to dive into throughout the episode with some questions, diving more into your TikTok career versus, again, your maybe your corporate role and how you like change between both worlds because it is a little bit different. Um, but I think there's a lot more people like you out there. And again, we'll touch more on that later. But one question that I ask everyone that comes on because I think the overarching thing that I love connecting in this podcast is people's community, your background, and what I call your patio or your main circle, your safe space. So can you tell us more about what your patio was growing up versus what it is now? Good question. My patio growing up is the hood. That is a big part of my identities. So I grew up in the hood. um, And I think if I had to describe it, it would be like, you know, the stereotypical characteristics that go into it. But also I spent all my childhood summers in DR. So I have an American upbringing and one that's outside so um a little bit of both okay and can you tell us more about what you mean by the hood and your hood specifically that made you like find that community and you felt like yourself yeah um so the characteristics of my hood are really interesting so it's low income um it is predominantly, and I think this is a very interesting one, predominantly um, Arab. I think you said that once, yeah. Um, But I always grew up around Latino people. Mm -hmm. So I had that identity. I had friends who looked like me and people who looked like me, and that was the most important piece of my upbringing. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Okay, love it. And then the summers in DR, obviously a big part of... I would say a lot of Dominican-American kids that they're literally shipped off to their grandparents in the summer (laughs) or their aunts and uncles or if you travel with your mom and your dad, like you take the summertime to go. Like, is that, was that a part of 
your summertime there? Yeah, so single mom, and she would ship my sister and I. The second school was over, and we would not come back until the day before school started. So, so literally the whole summer. The whole summer. And I actually wouldn't agree. I think that not enough Ameri- Dominican Americans um, know Dominican Republic outside of what it is to be well, a Dominican in the U.S. Because I think a Dominican in the U.S. and a Dominican in the Dominican Republic are so different. Oh, I mean, absolutely. That is true. That is very true. I think maybe I'm just thinking of my own cousins that were always shipped off. Yeah. yeah. And then when I lived in DR, I hung out with them every summer. It was exciting because it was just kind of like your new friend for that moment. Mm -hmm. And then they came back to the U.S., of course, and lived their lives here. Yeah. So I have, I also have uh, best friends from DR. Oh, really? Yeah, and then I have best friends from here. So I have two worlds. I think that's being from the diaspora, definitely you get a little bit of both, mm-hmm. which is, you know, definitely, I would say a blessing, honestly, because you get, you know, again, your eyes are open to different beliefs and different, even like the way, and this is so niche, but even the way you, Dominican Americans since to bachata in the US. It's so different from the ones in DR. Like it's like little things like that, like you said, yes. could make a difference. But having that option of being between both places is definitely a huge privilege. One hundred percent. You can definitely tell the difference between mm-hmm. a Dominican American and a Dominican person from the island who mm-hmm. lives here. Yeah. It's two different things. Yeah. I'm from the island, but that's always, like, very interesting to... I mean, to explain to people, actually. Yeah. Because the main question that I get always is, why do you speak English so well? But that's another topic for uh, another time. We could, we could get into it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah. So, I know that during the pandemic, I was following you on TikTok. I always loved your content because I'm like... Via is just someone, and I'm just going to explain it from my point of view right now, that I can feel related to, and not just from our identities, but because you are authentic and you're just yourself. And I think we are at an age where a lot of influencers in general are trying to mimic authenticity, like enforcing it so hard. But I feel like you actually are yourself. when you post on tiktok so can you tell us about how you blow up i don't remember if it was 2020 2021 but can you walk us kind of through that timeline and how it happened yeah um so one of the things that i read at the beginning of this year it's from the book ego is enemy by ryan holiday he says when a lot of people tell their stories of success right right they always leave out the element of luck Right? Mm -hmm. So I will not deny that there is an element of luck in all my success and privilege. Mm -hmm. And that's how it happens when you blow up on TikTok. It started with one video where I talked about brujeria and having a jealous (laughs) friend and those mal de ojo vibes. And, And that was like my first video that got a little bit of traction but my first viral video was actually like a seven second clip mm-hmm. of me shaking a salad and the <sighs> text was, 
POV, you're a millennial working in New York City in advertising, you're shaking your sweet green salad. Like a stereotypical, like quintessential yeah. millennial like we're in New York. Yeah. And that's usually how it happens. It's one video picks up and then you gain all these followers who don't know you, you don't know where they came from. So a lot of my success has come in batches and droves. So one video will go viral and it'll bring in a certain crowd. And that's what it is. It's you just sort of ride the wave of a viral video after another, but you have to remain consistent and keep posting. Right, videos. keep posting every day. I mean, that is something that I've heard from other creators, artists, musicians, and people who I know and the creative space, if you want to call it that, in New York that, I mean, some people get exhausted too because they're like, I have to maintain a nine to five and then I have to keep posting every day. Um, even me doing this podcast, it's like there's a lot of back end to it as well. So how are you maintaining that like, like balance right now with your corporate job and posting? Yeah, and I think this is where my career sort of coach and expertise comes in. And when I think about what I would say to an employee mm -hmm. is like, here are the things that are required of you. What can we prioritize and what gets left behind? Referencing again a book. I'm an avid reader. You'll pick this up. <laughs> the book, um, what is it? How to unfuck? The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Yeah, that's a popular one. It teaches yeah. you one lesson. And... A lot of people know it by a different name. It's basically like everything has a consequence. So if you decide, for example, let's say, I want to be CEO of my company, you'll likely have to make some concessions in your life. This means you're probably not going to, um, you know, be the most popular or you probably are not going to also have a YouTube that's successful. So like when you think about it in those terms, I have decided what's important for me and I've right. made my concessions. So for example, when I'm in an air when I'm in an era of my life where I want to grow my TikTok or my thing when that's a priority, right now it's not. I say it's content time. What does that mean? I'm not going to go to the gym after work. I'm going to get home, make my content go the fuck to sleep because I have my nine to five. Right. So certain things have to take a back seat. So I pick three things that I want to focus on. Per week or per, per day? Era. Per era. <laughs> and right now. Per era. Love. So like right now uh, I have two priorities. Mm -hmm. oh, some could say three. Work. It's, that's just really getting my foot into the door because I started a new job. Um, I'm on a health kick and my sister's wedding, which some could say. So like, what does that look like, right? I will not take in, um, opportunities or I'm not posting a lot or I don't care that much. Sometimes I get home, I don't post. Like, It's not a priority at the moment. Okay. And I have to understand that if my followers go down or if my engagement goes down, like, I, that's that's fine. I was going to say that. I was going to say, like, you know, you were saying, obviously, earlier when you were in that TikTok growth moment and that era, 
like you have to post every single day, you have to be on top of it, you have to engage in the comments, you have to engage with brands and all of those things. So right now you're at a point where you're kind of like taking a pause because you started a new job. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the future, do you think you'll like still like focus on TikTok or how will you create that new balance when, you know, maybe after the wedding or... Yeah, and I actually... Um, I'm looking forward to going back and I think it's going to be better actually so because I like structure tell us girl how is it going to be better and I think um, another quote that I like to live by is creativity craves structure okay when I was not uh, working 9 to 5 when I was freelancing and doing just content creation Mm -hmm. I was procrastinating I had the whole day like we all think that it's you know I want to live like an influencer just want to wake up make some videos like that's not really what goes down at least not for me I like having a set time like okay I'm gonna make videos during this time because it's the only time so like I like it because I like Mm -hmm. working with a deadline and a time and the structure Mm -hmm. and these are my times and this is when I'm gonna post and if I'm gonna go live it's gonna be on these days that gives me freedom and keeps me motivated right that makes sense I feel like if I was also in that freelance moment so I would be in your same shoes I'm like I definitely need some type of schedule I need some type of like structure where like maybe yeah after hours I can do this or I'll go to the gym on this you know right now I'm going like three times four times per week and it's like the most that I can do Mm -hmm. right now and even then it's like okay after the gym then I have to eat something and then like edit this for my podcast or something like that so I feel what you're saying I do not know what it feels like to make a video or multiple per day I know that can probably take a lot of energy but if you love it it sounds like you know it's a good way for you to stay connected to your audience and what you're doing yeah I think one of the opportunities that TikTok gives us is um, and going back to your authenticity is that it allows you to make content um, in real time. Right. And you can make it from bed. You can pick up the, the phone and the camera and just sort of make your content. Mm-hmm. And one, one of the things that is just so true is that TikTok will not lie to you. <laughs> Inauthentic people are weeded out. And they know. That's why, and I'm so grateful, mm-hmm. it'll be a bitch like me. Can I curse on here? Yeah, do it. <laughs> In my fucking doobie with my hair wrapped, going viral over the girl with the clean aesthetic <laughs> in the background time and time again. Now on Instagram, forget about it. <laughs> Those aesthetics so different. Don't, don't. Right. But like with that being said... You know, obviously there are waves for trends in the world and in general when it comes to social media. So, like, do you think TikTok is here to stay? Do you think people making content from their bed will stick on? Or do you think, like, at some point, like, people will go back to romanticizing the way people look on Instagram? Like, do you have your own visions of that? Unfortunately, I can tell you we are moving away from the authenticity. And I will place... 90% of the blame on the consumer. Okay. So many people say, 
Oh, the influencers need to stop with the pretty aesthetics. Stop liking it. <laughs> stop liking it. Or stop following them. Yeah. Stop following them. Yeah. They didn't become influencers by themselves. Right. You determined the trend. Love this. So many people put that blame of the aesthetics. I wish we saw real lives. Well, guess what? Real lives are fucking boring, right? Mm. Real lives are boring. Nobody wants to see of what I did in a day of somebody whose aesthetics don't match. And I'm, I'm guilty sometimes of it too, where I'm looking at this girl and she has a beautiful day and I'm like, oh, I love it. And I like, that's fine. Because what if that is her truth? Fine. She's just got it going on. But it's the same people who crave that authenticity, who are not really following that up in the way that the media that they're consuming. Right. And like, then that enforces the trends and then that tells the companies and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. But it all starts from the consumer people watching. Right. But I think that can also then be divided between who the consumer is. Cause there are so many different types and this one, like even marketing companies, advertising companies divided, not just like by ethnicity, gender, et cetera, but like, the big one right now, it's obviously like age and generation. Mm -hmm. Like obviously TikTok, the fight between Gen Z and millennials will continue on. It's still a thing. Um, it's something that even in my last episode or two episodes ago, oh my gosh, yeah. I did a fashion episode with one of my friends. We were talking about that. We kept talking about fashion trends and millennial versus Gen Z. So I think like different generations to like crave different things or there are people who also create content for people who may not live in their city. Like if you're like a New York influencer, like a lot of people want the New York lifestyle, but they don't live here. So like that like romantic like type of content. So I guess it really too depends on who your audience is, which brings me back to who is your audience? Yeah, good question. Who is my audience? Well, I'm having a kind of crisis with that. Mm -hmm. I have a very good and engaged audience on Instagram. On TikTok, not so much. So I have quality audience on Instagram and not so much on TikTok. My audience on Instagram and the people who I want to keep talking to, my, my target audience, um, are the educated, are the... Latina girls and liberal girls. <laughs> this is not the page yeah. for um, fashion. I'm trendy. I'm not that fashionable. This is for my girls who read, for my girls who are thinking, my spirit, my spiritual girlies, my my real girlies. Like, if you want to really come to my page, like you're coming to my page because you want my lifestyle and my self care advice. I can't give you anything as far as aesthetics or this or that. Right. And right. that's fine, right? right? You have different things, different people for different things, but that's who my target audience is. And that's who I want to remain sort of appealing to. Um, girls like me who had to go and find community outside of their patio because they mm -hmm. felt that because of one way or another, it wasn't enough. Right. Right. So, I grew up sort of feeling like I didn't fit in um, or 
that and I wanted to get out. Mm-hmm. And okay. so now I live in that out skirts of it. Okay. And what does that out mean? Just getting out of specific, like where you grew up or just getting out of your community or what do you mean by that? I think if you would have asked me that question two years ago, I would have said physically. Okay. But I realized that you have to get out of the mentality. Mm-hmm. And you can, because right now it's an interesting thing because I'm living back at home. Mm-hmm. So I, I had to move back home, but it doesn't matter because I'm out of that world in my mind. I'm out of that mindset. And mm-hmm. it's just the thinking. I wanted to find people who thought like me, who had the same interests as me. And that's not to say that there aren't folks because just like I exist, I know right. plenty of people. If I am here, there's that's proof that there's more people like me. Well, I want to find those people. Exactly. I think Issa Rae coins these people as new blacks. Really? Yeah. So it's well, the, it's the people that. who grew up being called too white or too blank, right? And you can substitute the next thing mm-hmm. with like Asian. You're too white for a black girl, too black for a white girl. And then there's they, always a discourse. But there's yeah. people like us in every sort of identity, right? Who are considered too white to this for that right but that's why like i think it's so important that we always or like people like us in general that have different interests and are a part of the dominican culture in this case let's say or the latin culture in general that like we emphasize that we're not a monolith and that we're all different and we have different interests and that is okay like one day i could be dancing to bachata which also, I suck at dancing, but like I'll try. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, for non Dominicans, it looks like I know what the fuck I'm doing. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> in front of our own people, it's like, oh, she's the nerdy girl, she's this. So I 100% see you and I hear you when you're saying this, but like a reminder to everyone even listening to this like, we're not a monolith. And like Issa Ray said, you'll find the nerdy like black kids or Latin kids or any insert ethnicity. We're not all one way. And I think you're a good example of that. Yeah. And I want to stress and I use myself because for so long I didn't have nobody else to compare it to. And now I do, but I'll keep using myself. I want people like me to be in the mainstream media because when you think about who we have representing us, unfortunately, we will always be described by a couple of people. That's just how people work, right? So who do we have? Cardi B. I can't really think of anybody else right now. In the moment. I mean, I'm sure we have a, lo- a ton, but it's so hard to be like, if I were a white person. No, right, right. Like, who is Dominican out there? And then they think Alex Rodriguez, which he doesn't even really identify. <laughs> I doesn't really think he's Dominican, but sometimes he does. It's like back and forth, but... Yeah, and I think there needs to be people who challenge that stereotype. Like you said, we're not a monolith, and we need to see more people like us. Um, and then when thinking about the Latin American sort of market, when you think about Latina influencers, we don't really have caribbean influencers in the influencing space, in the lifestyle influencing space like there's a lot of more probably like mexican or south american like a lot of 
that type of identity, maybe LA based too, I'm thinking, because there's also a lot of Central Americans there. Right. So South and Central Americans sort mm. of rule the Latinx market. Right. And so always things are catered to them. And I can say that confidently because I work in advertising. So mm. when we think about how does a brand appeal to the Latinx market, which is actually the the market that every brand, every advertising company um, wants right now is the mm-hmm. hot target. And you look at the you look at the pitch, you look at the strategy, and it's tequila, agave, <laughs> and fucking tamales. And right. if you look at media outlets, I won't call them by name, but like I'm tired of the fucking mija jokes and the concha jokes and the memes. Here right. I'm all here for it i love latinx representation 100 but it needs to be mm-hmm. inclusive of folks across the diaspora 100%. it needs to be inclusive of dominicans puerto ricans and cubans in language in skin color in tone in food mm-hmm. i'm so fucking tired of selena i like her okay but we need, but we need to. to fucking move on yeah all the jokes are about tacos and things that just do not... We do not have any form of, like, like the whole... We don't have, we don't have tacos. We don't have arepas. We don't have that. Mm-hmm. The Caribbeans are left out of that conversation. Oh, all the time. But this is why there's something that I always tell people. And the number may change, so people can correct me here, but... There's over 24 countries in Latin America. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a huge number that, like, people need to think about that. There's all types of ethnicities. There's diversity within the Latino community. Like, we all don't look the same. We all don't have the same background. So I 100% agree with you. And I love my Mexican shit. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Love it. I have a Frida Kahlo tattoo. Like, I love anything latinx and like our artists and everything but we need to like you said move away from the people that we continue to just like click on and just like run with it like yeah we love selena but like you said like we love you but like there's more of you and probably from other countries as well right and it's 2022 and i am no longer just accepting like at least we have something fuck that it's 2022 i'm not i'm not i'm not i i'm so over it I am so tired of clapping for the person saying, well, at least it was a Latina. No. It's the same person in a different sort of... It's the same sort of archetype. Right. Like the Eva Longoria. like yeah. is palatable. Spicy. But not too spicy, right? Like, don't cross that line. Mm. So thinking about... And this, is, and this applies for the same thing for... Um, black folks right who's palatable enough for middle america because we still always have to consider middle america and everything right because they're the majority but Mm -hmm. still makes an impact so like sofia vergara she is funny she's witty she's a spicy latina but hey check yourself she's never gonna say something weird she can be on jimmy fallon and the late night show she's also light-skinned that's like my litmus test is who can go on the late night show and it's not everybody. No. You know, we now see Cardi B, and I think so many people are laughing at her. 
But they don't like love. Not her. with her. Right, right. And I think and I and I think Cardi knows that. But you know what? She is she's, getting a fucking bag. And she's I'm not still herself. Her and one thing I also think that it's not her onus to have to like represent all of America, all of Dominicans. You know, when people are like, Oh, you represent us, you have to behave this way. No, she doesn't. She makes music. Yeah. And a lot of people do that. Mm-hmm. Like the tokenism of like, you have to be the voice. No. And you know, if I ever make it into that market of like from influencer to celebrity, it's also not my not my task mm-hmm. to explain to America what a Dominican is. I'm here to represent a different point of view. Right. Right. But it's a lot of pressure too. Like you said, it is, it is. it's a lot of pressure because again, we're all different. Like if I said, well, I grew up listening to emo music and not necessarily always Latin music. Like, am I representing all my people? Like you start also like questioning yourself. I mean, I'm at the point that I obviously don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Like I grew up how I grew up. I grew up different from my parents, which is also something that I always try to emphasize to people as well. I'm like my experience, even as an immigrant it's a complete different experience from my dad's. Mm-hmm. Like we, even our generations are very, very different. And that goes to, again, any culture. Yeah. Like we are the, wait, Isa Ray's quote? I think she calls them new blacks, but we are just the, the new, new version. The new, <laughs> yeah, the new generation. And it looks different. Yeah. It's going to continue to look different person by person. Exactly. Um, I'm way different from my sister. And we're there in the same we household, right? Like that was, a oh, trending, same. that was a trending topic on social media. Um, and I think it was the two siblings don't ever get the same parents because like the idea behind that is that who's parenting child two is seasoned parents versus child one was parented by first time parents. So obviously that experience is going to look different and whatever the case may be like, yeah. And I get it. Like no matter how many times I tell myself that I do feel that pressure, right? Especially when I do get that opportunity, I feel like, damn, I have to include my people in here or my identity in here in some way. And I always do, but I do feel that pressure of, yeah. Anytime I'm given a big opportunity, mm-hmm. I need to make sure that I represent my people. Yeah, like we get defensive or like we get protective over oh, like yeah. talking oh, yeah. our culture because we're like, okay, amongst ourselves, we can have our internal community conversations where we are being critical. And outside of our community, you know, we have to also be careful, which we were talking about this earlier, Mm -hmm. but it's kind of like some people may just run with that criticism and be like, well, they said that, you know, Dominican men are X or Dominican women are X. And then just go from there and just, you know, continue growing the bad stereotypes. So I feel you with feeling protective, but also trying to represent like there's that fine line. Yes, 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 100%. Yes, it's really tricky. You never know what the right thing to say. You never know what's going to be taken out of proportion. So you want to remain proud of where you're from and you want to feel like you want to put them on the map. But you also, I almost want to shelter my people in a way too because if you expose it all, then it invites more opportunity for chaos, right? Like what you point Mm -hmm. out is what will be talked about. And right. that can be applied to 
me, right? The more mm-hmm. I share, the more you'll have to criticize and look at and pick at. And so, right. So what is just going back to the content creation, just had a question that popped up in my head, but what is some sort of content that you stay away from or you're building boundaries around? Love that question. Boundaries queen over here. Um, <laughs> I will not make videos about dating. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of people sort of may have not even realized until maybe this moment. And they're like, huh, you don't. I don't invite that area in my life because I feel like no matter what, we all make decisions based off our gut and our love. Like I've seen the most powerful woman be taken down by love. Like love is this thing that we all crave for in our life. And it's also something very private and very sacred. But more importantly, I think like the the philosophies and the advice. There are so many people who are giving dating advice who we're the blind just leading the blind out here. <laughs> so sometimes I'm like, what the fuck do I know? What like the that's fuck your do experience. I know? And I consider yeah. myself somewhat to be very like emotionally healthy and emo- emotionally intelligent. But I just feel I do I do feel and and it's not imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. We have to talk about this. Let's go. Let's talk about this. <laughs> Some Sometimes it's not imposter syndrome. Maybe you just don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> Why would I give somebody <laughs> advice on dating? I know a lot. But that's like... But don't sign my name to that shit. Right. And, and you should always be humble as an influencer to say, I don't know enough, Right. And keep a little bit of the imposter syndrome to keep you humble. It's never, a, it's never going to be something that you can quantify mm-hmm. and measure. And so it's such a sticky and such a personal sort of subject that I'm just kind of like, really? Like, if I can add, and I also think that if I can add value to your life in other ways, you will a- apply those things to your dating life. Because I believe how you do one thing is how you do everything across the board so you can you know who I am as a dater because you know me right right like based off how I treat myself my relationship with food with alcohol with health with mental health and career which are my five pillars of self-care will define my my love life and my relationships right so how do I treat myself do I love myself do I take care of myself do I enforce healthy boundaries that's how I love too So I think some of it just kind of will trickle in, but those are my boundaries. What other things do I put boundaries? Some, some, some beliefs. I'm very outspoken, but I've kind of taken a backseat to being the um, fight the good fight in my personal life. Mm -hmm. I am an activist. I am a academic at heart. I am a women and gender studies, um, like I don't major wouldn't apply in the situation. I'm a feminist. A feminist. I yeah. am a feminist theory sort of 
um, like sort of like enthusiast. Right. But I am also, I have a degree in this, right? Mm -hmm. So that's different. And that changes the Mm -hmm. conversation. And I, I, I'm an activist at heart and I will always advocate and like be an activist, but I don't need to bring that into my content because I, not all the time am I here to learn. And that's another thing that I struggle with because I know so much and I want to, and I want to kind of be like, Oh, like stop saying this. Stop. Let me show you. But especially as a woman of color, we have to guard ourselves because what happens is too many people start to count on us as bearing the, bearing that weight of like being the teachers to people who have the same time as us, who have the same privileges as us, who can take two hours out of their day and pick up a book. But why do I have to read it and summarize it to you? Literally. You, this is gospel right now. Like, fuck out of here. No, it's true. And I, I can give you recommendations. Yeah, exactly. My Oh my gosh. So I there, love Yeah, so there yeah. are times where I pull back. That has been something that I had to learn the hard way. And I want to be so vocal. But it's really hard. But it's exhausting. exhausting. And I think people have been talking about this on social media, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, of how exhausting it is to be explaining the same thing over and over and over again. And I have had this conversation, and not even just from a content creation perspective, but even on daily conversations, when people may come to me and they want to debate something. And in that moment, I'm not in debating mode. Mm-hmm. I am not here trying to be the voice of, for Latin people in this moment. And I honestly like learned this through therapy as well. Like I can say in that moment, I am not going to have that conversation. 100%. Or if we, I know already that we're also not going to agree and I don't want to continue the conversation, I respectfully end the conversation. That doesn't mean I'm being rude or I don't want to talk to you. It just means in that moment, I don't have the mental bandwidth to continue defending our people. And this is usually like more specifically for people who may be outside of our community and are like, well, I don't agree with this. I don't agree with that. And it's like, girl, I'm just on my laptop right now trying to watch Netflix. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I think I the know. internet is not a good place to hold those conversations because mm-hmm. you don't have the politics of space. Mm-hmm. The politics of um, time, background. There's a lot that can be said for why certain conversations are more successful than others. And it's, you need to put a face to the name. You need to be able to feel comfortable, right? Mm-hmm. The first step in any um, plan for diversity as someone who also works in DEI is Mm -hmm. building a culture of vulnerability. Can I be vulnerable with you and share with you why I have these views? And without that trust, everybody has their guards up. So I cannot speak to an audience of a certain size. Half of them are fucking bots and users (laughs) about certain things because Mm -hmm. I don't know that... I'm protected should I slip up. And those people don't know that they're safe to raise up and say, hey, Via, I have a very 
ignorant question, but can you please answer this, right? So it just, it's not conducive. Can they still happen and are they successful? Yes, of course, but we're missing the key elements to a successful conversation that moves the needle forward. And it comes back to like love and understanding and trust and vulnerability. Without those, you yeah. cannot. Yeah. It will be really, yeah. really tough. Because if you have someone who comes to you with a question and they're being defensive or attacking you or already being biased, then again, you feel like, okay, do I, do I even do this right now? Like you said, I read this book, but you haven't. And I have this knowledge. So why are you attacking me for this specific view, if that makes sense? Yeah, I, I also sort of have a sort of test that I run people through in my personal life, not outside of um, like social media, before I engage in conversation. And it's something that, I, that happens internally, mm. um, and a lot of it may be seen as sort of um, classist and uh, privileged, and it is. But I can admit to it, right? And I'm human, and I'm not, I'm not a trained teacher. And the psychology of teaching, it's real. It's why people go to school. In order to teach people, you need to be knowledgeable about the subject, but you also need to know the art of teaching, which right. I do not know. Same. <laughs> I know how to influence people because of work, and I've gotten some some sort of tips and tricks along the way but yeah. that is always an area where you need to know and so mm -hmm. I always sort of approach this with what is their educational background what is their goal do I think what are that their values do I think that they're worthy of a conversation mm -hmm. with me right for example I would never get into an argument with somebody who who's Beliefs start at zero. Like, I'm not about to convince you why we don't belong, why Latino people don't belong in cages. No. I will fight with you day and night over taxes and, and this and that. But if we have to start from the ground up, if I have to explain to you why I don't belong in a cage, uh, listen. God bless the teachers of this fucking worlds because and couldn't the professors be and everyone out there doing the work yeah no i that was exactly my point like i no longer no. engage in that because if you already feel that way and you already have the strong feelings that i do not belong here that my family does not belong baby i don't know how have to explain a good day. to you that i matter and that i value <laughs> i don't know how to teach you morals Like and that right is now. the hardest part about the reality that we're living in right now. We're right now in this heat of Kanye and all this stuff going on. We don't know how to teach morals. Crazy. How do I teach you that other people matter? That's I don't know where to start. Thing. That's it's difficult. It's difficult, and like you said, there are people who are already like from ground zero already believe something and they're not going to be convinced otherwise so why am i wasting my time yeah there's there's way you know that there's and it's propaganda of like white supremacy which right. threatens something right so it, it's a fear-based hate a hundred percent if you can convince the other side that it's not a zero-sum game mm -hmm. that this person having this is mm -hmm. not mean i can't have it then 
we can maybe start to talk about it. But again, I think it goes back to like sort of beliefs and even spirituality, like same thing with like jealousy and like anything we talk about in life is like, do you have a lack mindset? Do you have an abundant mm-hmm. mindset? Do you think that there's enough of everything For to go forward? Yeah. And if you don't, then you're going to think everything is. Right. But I, I think always what's interesting in this country in general is that we do live in a capitalist society that is based on economic competition in general and not for like companies alone but people are competing for jobs every day so it's like if i'm you know qualified for something let's compete baby boy or baby girl Mm -hmm. i don't care i am here and i am want to take up my space and same as you of course and i don't need we don't need to explain that to anyone why we should be valued when we are taking up that space that we deserve because we our ancestors, people who came before us, took so long and so much work for our generation to be where we are. So we don't need to explain that to folks. But that is my last piece on that. And to kind of close the pod, and I know like we've had an amazing conversation thus far. I know you're a very spiritual person and you alluded to this and some of your points throughout the episode, but can you tell us a little bit more about your rituals and what you do to stay grounded and, you know, just general advice for everyone who's listening right now? Yeah. So the queen of self-care, um, I categorize that into five pillars, your mental health, right? Your mental and and, and that's separate from spiritual, but your mental health, um, your physical health, there cannot be one without the other. Um, nutrition, what you're eating, that's another one. What are you putting into your body? Your sort of career, that's important. And then your love and your dating and your relationships and even like that soul purpose, that nourishment, right? Mm-hmm. So. When I think about all those things, I think, what can I do to take care of myself in all these categories? So how I take care of my mind is I meditate every single day. It helps me connect with myself. And I find that that's all you need is a good base. So if you can connect to yourself and be fine and have a relationship to yourself, you will be okay. Mm-hmm. No matter what. Um, you also need to take care of yourself in your physical health and you have to have to have to move your body um you don't have to do anything more than a walk you just have to move your body you have to um take care of what you put into your body this is not to kind of go against sort of like you know fat phobia or something i always put that there like you know just make sure that you're putting good things into your body because you feel it nutrients nutrients right like eat whatever you want do whatever the hell you want like drink water have your vitamins and whatever you know like your career your purpose who you are it matters and everybody hates that because i'm the hr girl but it matters (laughs) it matters it matters it matters unfortunately you cannot hate your job and be happy yeah you cannot compartmentalize it unfortunately and that sole purpose. Everybody needs a hobby or something mm. that they do, that they feed, that they take care of. Yeah. Because you cannot 
sort of grow and you have to take care of your relationships too and your people you can't go at it alone so take care of yourself from that sort of perspective of a little bit of everything some people take care of themselves really well in one area and not so much in the other and then it trickles because going back is how you do one thing is how you do everything believe it or not it will spill over we love i love this we went to church today y'all Woo! i'm a preachy preachy gal we love it we i love that i am so energetic i love this would love to do this again at, at another point yes and just lastly before we close where can people find you? Your Instagram, TikTok, give us what you want to give us. Yeah, so come find me on TikTok. Um, being a little selective with the Instagram, so I've made my Instagram private, but you know, that's that's subject to change too in my next era of growing Instagram. Um, so it's <laughs> fabulous, spelled the right way, not like the rapper. <laughs> fabulous via straight through for TikTok. And then fabulous underscore via on Instagram. Okay, so we're gonna find you there. We'll look into your actually authentic content and take it from there. Thank you. Come find me. Come just listen to me, Let's talk my shit, and share my truth. Love it. Well, bye, y'all. See you soon. Bye.